0: This fan base is amazing, the city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be
1: anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Bearcats! 25, towards the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. To Julius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. That's the one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has it. tackled in the 34. It. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that?
0: Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva the Cats. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats twice or every once in a while in a week in our standard weekly previews and our post-game coverage on Twitter spaces. Um, Hopefully, those of you who have been uh, paying attention Two, the um, releases have noticed some of the post-game spaces. So if you're listening here and you're not listening live, watch the Twitter and maybe you can join with us live. Give us some of your opinions and your insight. Um, we'll probably have a couple more of those for the basketball season as we tail off into the end of the sort of calendar year for, uh, well, I guess the football and basketball <laughs> that we cover. But with all that said, thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, hope you had a good new year's. Hope you had a safe uh holiday uh and that everything was well and good there um overall, the bearcats are pretty silent across the rails uh <laughs> when everything goes good, things start to go south again. This is the roller coaster that we're in um hopefully there's some amount of positivity that we can bring out of uh the last game that we've had with basketball and moving forward. but Steve, I wanna shoot it over to you and kick us off here. How was your New Year's?
1: Um, Justin, it was good. Uh, I was in San Diego, California, uh, enjoying, uh, the weekend. Um, actually it rained, um, more than it did in Cincinnati when I was there and, um, more than my now hometown of Scottsdale, um, when I was there (laughs) too. So I didn't really get the full San Diego experience. Um, you know, there are some Ron Burgundy quotes that I'll leave to it there. Um, but, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I did get to watch, um the 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 ohio state game end which was quite enjoyable for me probably the most nice. enjoyable thing i've had in a non-bengals related uh, cincinnati sports <laughs> fandom since over the past month and a half um so uh, I, I do blame dana beers for the current curse that we are we are in at the moment yes but, <laughs> um other than that it was good though uh, i got to enjoy a nice little holiday break got to spend 10 days in cincinnati and uh, enjoy that and then um got to uh, Hang out in San Diego for a little bit too, and uh, now I'm back and ready to go. Nice. Well, how about to, you, sir? Uh,
0: glad to have you hop back on here. It was good. Uh, took a trip over to the uh, northern side of the border and got up to Michigan just for some uh, holiday escapades. Uh, it was great. Had some good travels, mainly. Got snowed in for the most part, but it's Michigan, so people like to drive in the snow. Uh, so <laughs> didn't really stop us there, but we had a good holiday and as well uh, New Year's. Just taking it easy this year, but um, yeah, getting back to uh, more New Year's information. Year six, we just want to give a quick shout out to Tulane. Um, this is this is a program that has been through the ringer over the years, and for those of you who don't listen, uh, go check out Split Zone Duo. And um, usually it is on their Patreon, but they have put up uh, this episode specifically on their normal RSS feed. uh, So you can find it on Spotify or Apple Pods. Those guys do a great job. They did a Dead Letters episode on Tulane, um, essentially covering their whole history and how that's kind of gotten them to where they are now. Um, And of course, that was now being July of 2022, um, which does not encapsulate everything that has happened this year. But for what that program has been through what that program has been and what it is this year right now with all of the things going on, beating the big 12 champion, beating the PAC 12 cha- champs, beating, or well, I guess not the PAC 12 champs, but beating the Heisman winner and USC and going through everything that they've gone through. Like this team is just so, so much farther ahead of many other teams in the AAC of what we would have expected. And I think going forward, it's really cool to see that because I think we all have kind of talked like SMU is going to be the takeover team. Memphis is going to be the takeover team. Maybe a UAB comes in and it becomes a takeover team Tulane saying they beat us on the way out. They beat UCF on the way out. They probably would have beat Houston too. They did beat Houston. They did. Sorry. They did beat Houston. So they, they beat all three. They beat all three of the big 12 teams. And that is a hell of a statement going into the first season without those teams. And I think it says a lot for, for a team going forward. And if they can hold on to Willie Fritz, I think it'll be really interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I I do think it would be a a fun, it's a, it's a fun time down there in NOLA. Um, I, I think it's just the, just to see like how many fans were at like the game, into Lane gear after so many years of them just not having one yeah. an on-campus stadium and two not filling that on-campus stadium like it does seem like there's a bit of a fan base there that is you know revived again and so uh, it's just cool and everybody wants to go to New Orleans I mean why not so um I've been kind of trying to come up with a team to cheer for um in my in our post AAC days when we move on and like we we can cheer for somebody and uh you know Justin I was a well for a long time a fan of the East Carolina Pirates I played as them on my NCAA uh, 13 dynasty I have a East Carolina hat I love all their game day traditions but I gotta say Tulane's growing on me a little bit Tulane is growing on me and Ron um,
0: Hunter started it too
1: that's right. <laughs> they are good in two sports too. They are not just uh, mid, mid in football and not great in other stuff. They and they, uh, you know. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we become Tulane fans uh, once we officially exit the conference. But um, uh, well, that that's a, a good segue because the last time we saw a lot of all of our players on the football field was at Nippert Stadium uh, for that Black Friday game against Tulane. And uh, we've learned that some of them will not be joining us. Uh, Justin, you want to go through the list real quick of the notable? You don't have to read them all, but like the notable guys who are moving on to the draft.
0: Uh, Why not? Let's just fly down the list. We're going to start off with Archon Bush. Javon Hicks, Tyler Scott, Lenny Taylor, Trey Tucker, James Tunstall, Josh Wiley, Charles McClellan, Wilson Huber, Jabari Taylor, Ivan Pace Jr., Jeremy Cooper, Ty Van Fossen, and Lawrence Metz. That is a lot of guys going in one season, yep. and that is a lot of guys who were also on this most recent college football playoff team too. I mean, every single one of them except for Ivan Pace was on that team. So yep. it, it's, it's a really interesting, you know, you're, you're always going to lose some seniors, but that's a lot of guys who are, you know, going to the draft. We'll see how many of them get drafted. We've kind of talked back and forth on this a couple times. I mean, I think my number still probably sits at around four. I think Ivan pace is for sure a lock. I would think even a Jabari Taylor and um I would think, you know, Lenny Tyler Scott, a lot of these guys on this list, I think have a good shot of, getting drafted within probably the first five rounds. And I think the rest of them could be, you know, kind of tinkering around in the six to seven, or maybe get picked up, um, you know, for squads afterwards. But I don't know. I, I think it's, it's interesting. And it, I think it really just shows that like with this class going towards the draft, like this is sort of the retiring of the guard. Like as much as, you know, there's going to be a few guys left, at the same time, like when it comes to your starters, like you're really just kind of saying goodbye to all that was with that college football playoff run with your starters. So, you know, it is just kind of the point in time where I think, I I think now it's just, it's the Satterfield era and it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of this changes.
1: Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys too that are in the transfer portal that uh, some have committed to other places, but uh, a good portion of them have not. So theoretically like they could, leave the transfer portal, uh, and still stay in Clifton, but, uh, that's up in the air right now. Um, and, uh, today we were, we were recording on uh, January 3rd, the day that uh, coach Satterfield said he would have most of his stuff in place. And, uh, the, I think the only thing we're missing right now is an offensive coordinator and a wide receivers coach, which, you know, two big positions. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> hopefully that gets figured out soon. But, um, uh, I mean, you know, like I, I, it's not impossible that he could have something in the works. Um, Scott uh, Satterfield will be calling his own plays as well. So, right. uh, you know, that is something. it's not as big of a concern for me. It's more of like a probably try to get a younger guy or something in there because uh, he did hire uh, some great assistants. Uh, he hired two guys from Ohio state. One is their, uh, former strength coach, uh, assistant strength coach, who will likely be his head of strength staff. Um, and another one is a guy who was really instrumental in the recruiting, um, Aspect of things, and um, uh, I don't remember their names, but uh, you know they're coming from Ohio State, so uh, people were definitely excited about them. And he also just got on Sunday a uh, director of player personnel uh, who was working with the Jets this past season, and uh, I think had worked at Ohio State previously as well. So um, (laughs) I know uh, there was some (laughs) consternation about not bringing down too many guys from up north, but I mean, you know, you didn't bring down the head coach from up north; you brought him from down south, but. I, I I like everything off the field that Coach Satterfield is doing right now. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to diminish any of our players um, from from the past, but there's a few things that he needed to work on. Like the O-line was not great um, mm-hmm. this past year and, you know, it needed to be changed. Um, and I, I think there is a full clear out now of the O-line and there's uh, yeah. two commits who are transferring in and uh, hopefully more on the way that the transfer portal reopens this weekend and people can uh, come back uh, and take official visits so um, I do I do expect UC to be active in there and in the wide receiver position obviously lost a lot of wide receivers Um, but I I do I just like I I like everything that he's doing right now and uh, you know recruiting is the lifeblood of any power five program how many many times Justin have you and I heard Ario Wasserman say that and he's kind of right like I mean Other than TCU, all of these playoff teams, and which is where we want to get back to eventually, were built just on you know high school recruiting. Uh, it's not a lot of transfer portal guys. There's just I think the idea is you want some to just fill the gaps while you build up your recruiting profile and right uh, or just have guys that can help you right away um, and you know play for two years while while they help you with an immediate need. Um, but I think Satterfield's using his uh, expanded talent. Pool, uh, you know, on the assistant side for good and, um, you know, using it to bring in players that will help us a lot. So um, yeah, that's my, uh, that, that's my speech on that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously all that matters at the end of the day is how many games we win. And we, we will t- certainly talk about that more <laughs> as it happens, but um, I've been liking everything that he's doing so far, Justin.
0: Yeah. I, w- I would have to agree with you there. And I actually, I, I came to thinking of this while you were talking about, all the things you were just we're mentioning. On. <laughs> no, it is a
1: podcast <laughs> so I guess people are
0: listening so thank you for listening by the way. Thank you. Yes, thank you for listening. Uh we love you guys. Um I I just I'm curious because you know we kind of talk about this changing of the guard. We talk about a lot of things shifting in place and you know you bring up a TCU. We've talked about Tulane already, but specifically looking at like TCU and building up that recruiting profile, building up all of that. You know TCU is a product of like a quick turnaround, but also like, you know, you look at the core foundation of that program and then you look at like Sonny Dykes coming in like year one, like straight to the championship. Like that's a huge turnaround. I'm wondering like what the lasting impact for them is recruiting wise when you have a guy like Sonny Dykes who jumps into a program like TCU and just hits the gun running. And also, I mean- TCU is on one of those platforms where where they're at in the Big 12, where everything is now. I think we all well thought that of Cincinnati too. Don't get me wrong. Granted, we're a G5 going to a Power 5, but you look at the way TCU does this, and it, like, is this not necessarily like a last stop for Sonny Dykes, but is this a very comfortable, long stop for a guy like Sonny Dykes? And then you look at Satterfield, and it's like it does if he has success in the Big 12, is this a long stop that is comfortable? All of that to say... When you get into this, look at TCU. Their lasting impact on this recruiting profile, I think is going to be huge. And I'm wondering how much of that we may or may not have lost. Going directly from the college football playoff and then losing your head coach the season after. I'm wondering yeah. how much fit gets to take with them on that and how much that gets to be his recruiting profile and how much of that stays with Cincinnati. There's so much turnover in our program over just this one off season. And over the past year, I really wonder how much credit we we have with recruits, you know, moving forward and saying that like, all right, we're a college football playoff team. Is that, is that, is it Luke fickle is a college football coach or Cincinnati is a college football program. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm wondering what your thought is on that.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I think the thing is, that's funny about, um, this team is, you know, and Richard Johnson from split. do you know, mentioned it all year, it's the same exact team, basically. Like it's all the yeah. same guys that Gary Patterson had not many left when he got fired. A lot of them, you know, stayed around and like Max Duggan's been there forever. Um, right. the, the wide receiver number one, I think it's Keontae Johnson. I don't exactly know the name, but, um, he was there for a long time too. Thought about transferring to Oklahoma, but stayed, Uh, a lot of like, they, I I think they've essentially just brought in some D line transfers and tried to recruit, you know, a good high school class. And that was it basically. And like, you know, just instant turnaround and, you know, they, they did win a lot of one score games, but, and they just won another one, but you know, football is definitely just a weird thing sometimes too, where you can just turn it around that quickly. And, um, but I don't, I don't think like teams should be held to that standard because, um, you know, uh, it, it's just a, such a rare occurrence for it all to click like that. Like you're it, right. He probably stepped into the best possible situation out of all the, the coaches who got hired last year. And obviously he led them to immediate success. And I wonder if it's going to hurt him the rest of the way that he doesn't lead them to a 13 and one national championship appearance every season. And, uh, um, well, you we does the same
0: thing with UNC's head coach too.
1: That's a, <laughs> yep. it's the same yep, deal. That's right.
0: Don't that's blow right, your yeah. load too
1: early. Yeah. Do you want to start off that hot or do you just want to like ease into it a little bit? You know? Right. So it's just interesting. And I'm looking forward to see what happens with that because, um, you know, I, I do think that Luke Fickle will recruit, uh, say to recruits, you know, I got, uh, I coached a team to the college football playoff. But I think UC can still, that's a mutual thing. Like UC, UC right. can say, yeah, we reached the college football playoff in 2021. You know, UC can't necessarily take credit for sauce Gardner anymore because he was technically like a fickle era recruit you know and he he, obviously you know like it's not like we can't take credit for jason or travis kelsey when they're in the league you know because they were but in the immediate recruiting battle right now just telling recruits like this is a program that made the college football playoff you know like and we we can get back there again um our pro you know I would really love to see the recruiting pitch um, that he's given to these guys because like, I I think it's interesting. And I think it's interesting how you posit it. And I mean, you know, he got, he was able to get a couple guys to flip uh, from their commitments Mm -hmm. on signing day. So maybe Scott is saying something that they want to hear. And I mean, we obviously think very highly of this program and this team and how much Mm -hmm. they can do, but uh, I think it's interesting to see what for recruits, what they can do. And I think, but I, I do think, and I'll end with this: going to the college football playoff was such a good thing for us because that's like a an immediately recent thing that we can yeah. all point to and say we were not. This wasn't like 2009, and it's 10 right. years ago, and it, that that happened like 2021, like you know, mm. within the past three years, and. I think that's such a good thing for us. And hopefully Scott can use that to his advantage and say, we can build it back up again. And it's about the program. It's not about the coach. So, um, and TCU, like to their credit, they've been a good program. They've, they've had, you know, good coaching. They fired Gary Patterson, but he obviously got a good team there. So, right. I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I kind of want to move on uh, because uh, I, I want to rant a little yeah. bit, but um, yeah, uh, it's, it's a very interesting conversation. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Speaking of segwaying here, as we are kings of transition, uh, Temple sucks, and the fact that Temple sucks and we are worse than Temple to lose to them sucks. Um, (laughs) I hate losing to Temple, and as you've said, Steve, uh, we've been talking about this. It's true. This is just a meme at this point. It's you. Bad shit happens in Philly. Like it's (laughs) can't have shit in Philly. Can't have shit with this team temple is the proverbial thorn in our side that always has our numbers somehow some way through some back alley deal i don't know what it is but they always figure us out
1: and it they, sucks they have no program culture they, zero There were maybe less than 900 people at that game on sunday justin like scott springer shared a video of <laughs> uh, of the crowd there was like 900 people there um uh, but and it never no changes what, no, it never changes. They have the worst camera angle in sports. <laughs> I, I, I still man. don't know how that's a thing. Like, that seems so easy to just fix. I get it. It's not. It costs money. That That's horrible. Um, I, 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 I just hate everything that, like, they... Obviously, they got blown out by Maryland Eastern Shore. So, of course, I texted you right after that game happened, Justin. I was like, Temple's going to kick our ass. And- you did. Actually, hold on. You're going to keep talking. Find I'm going to find it. this. Find I'm going to find receipts. this. And I'm
0: going to show this on here. Oh, if you guys are watching on Spotify, which I hope you are, look at this. I'm going to put this Justin, on Twitter. Justin, <laughs> you were asking me if
1: there's clips to clip. This is the clip to clip, buddy. This like, is this a this clip is the to one. clip. Uh, just, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I – I I almost forgot about that. Temple basketball. I hate temple football too. Temple to me is the the picture that I will have in my mind for years as we move on from the AAC and into the Big Twelve. Just a team in a big city that no one cares about and no one shows up to their games. And that somehow they always give us a game and like somehow win half the time. Just so (laughs) oh just so infuriating. I, I just I And, you know, of course, like the the road game issues are a thing. And we could talk about that in a second after uh, Justin pulls up this text, because like there it is, like
0: there it is. Uh, It's going to be backwards. But oh, God, please let it show up. It's right there. It's just temp.
1: You probably just have to show a screenshot. Yeah. Thought of it or something, but uh, of course, Temple is yeah. going to give us one hell of a game this year, and of course, that's they... right. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> and uh, right on the money, I'll we'll give you the
0: receipt that, that was that. uh, that was Tuesday, December 20th,
1: yeah. And uh, let's be honest, folks, Justin and I neither of us watched this game because, yeah. well, we were busy, but also we kind of knew what was going to happen, and yeah. uh, I saw the Xavier guys, our, our guy Capex was uh. tweeted the john cheney video and was like you know uh, proud to see a former a10 team beating up on a on a local school and i was like god you know (laughs) they're they're giving us the business they're they're up they're flying high and we're down low i just i i I hate temple i'm just so glad we don't we never have to go to the liacora center again i just there there's nothing for me there i just can't stand them
0: yeah, I'm just going to hit on the quick things real real quick here, and we can move on with this. Um, basically, Temple uh, shut us out on a 17-2 run to end the first half um, and then just kept it going. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also 0-2 against Q3 teams on the road. We only technically have two true road games, and we've lost both of them, which is just absurd, um, which is crazy to Pretty think that alert. we're in January. We're this yeah. far into the season and we've only had like two true road games. Um, yep. And I'd have to look back at last year. I can't say that our performance was that much better either yep. um, on true road games, but also the Bearcats are out rebounded 46, 28, shot eight for 15 on free throws, which <laughs> fuck it. at this point, I don't care. I'm not talking about free throws anymore. I had hope last year and I was going to, I'm done with it. Nope. <laughs> Seven for 18 from the three. Um, and Temple outscored us twenty to two on the bench. So I mean, it's you, we I, I don't understand. we get handed we get it handed to us by teams that we just should beat. And I don't know if it's like oversight. like i I look at this the same way like you look at and it's it's timing too. i, I there's no i don't I don't think there's any coincidence about this timing. Look at the NKU game. Look at the game that comes after NKU. Look at this game. Look at the games that come up next. NKU, you play NKU. Guess who you have after that? Arizona. You've got this game here. I want to I read off just the schedule real quick of what we have after we play Temple. Wichita and then immediately to Houston. Both of those teams, A, on the road, and then the number two team in the country. I feel like... uh, We get Houston at home, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's one point. Sorry, I was saying Wichita on the road, Temple, or Houston at home, still number two team in the country. You have to beat them. That's your goal. What I'm saying is I think there's so much oversight, and I think there's maybe, maybe this is just me, but maybe there's too much focus on the teams down the road that we don't pay attention at all to the team that we think we're supposed to beat. Because yeah. how many times did this kind of thing happen last year, too, where we, we lost to a team that we were supposed to beat, and then we beat a team that was, you know, it, it's just – or, or got it close to a team that, you know, we prepared for. It's it's yeah. one of those things where I just – I feel like I don't know if it's Wes's preparation. I don't know what if it's the talent gap. I don't know what the hell it is. But we constantly have this issue now. And this is not a thing that we used to have. Like even with Brandon – like, and, and I'm never going to give any credit to Brandon, but Brandon won some games that were some tough games too. Like, yeah. and this is just one of those things where we can't figure it out. Like, yeah. and I, I hate, I hate this oversight because again, like, you look at the, you look at like this season so far, your losses are to NKU. All right. That sucked. Get it out of the way. First loss of the season. Mm-hmm. Arizona OSU, you expect it. Xavier, you expect it. As much as it sucks, you expect it. And then you go through the rest of this list. Look at our schedule. Look who we've played. It, you haven't played anybody. And then you get to a team like Temple, and you lose it to them. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Like Temple. I'm not going to lie. Temple is not bad. They're eight and
1: seven. They they're better than they usually are. No, they're bad. But they're they're, bad. All, they're not good. <laughs> they're not good. They're bad. No, and you shouldn't be losing to them, Justin. Uh, and I, I just like maybe I'm. Like less optimistic about West Miller than the rest of the fan base is, but I do think there's still people that are just not invested in Bearcats basketball right now, and like uh, he keeps like dwindling opportunities mm-hmm. to get get them in. Like I, I get it, it's year two, but also, I mean, you know, it's year it's two. It's year two. He, like this is like you know, he's got a guy that doesn't like he recruited from the transfer portal that just does not play. Um, he is playing some freshmen and he does have some guys hurt as well. So I, I get it on that end. And you know, like, like Kentucky's losing games too. Like I, I understand it's college basketball. You're going to lose a couple of games that you shouldn't lose uh, just because the kids are less uh, 18 to 23 years old. I, I believe me. Yeah. I, I did dumb things at that age too. I'm 26. So I know, <laughs> I remember. It's just like, just like it just seems like there there needs to be one big win to get west over the top and like his only defining win right now is like that illinois game last year like maybe wichita on the road last year but as i noted in our, our notes we're four and one in in the conference at mm-hmm. at the roundhouse you know and like that's kind of become fifth third arena uh west uh yeah if Poly pavilion wasn't then you know that right that charles coke arena is um, I, it's just like, I, I do want to win that game and, um, we can, we can talk about it a little bit more, but, uh, you know, even though Wichita is like 133 in the net and 106 in Kempom, uh it's a road game. Like this is, this is the, your chance to really like kind of put those road game demons to bed. Uh, mm-hmm. if you really want to just say, Hey, like, you know, we can't, we, we, we gotta have a, like fight back against this. We can't just keep losing these road games. So, so there is that, but Justin, I do think Sunday is the biggest measuring stick of all of the measuring sticks um, against Houston. And I I, I I say that just because I, I Houston right now reminds me of the, what, I mean, obviously I wasn't alive for like the peak of the Bob Huggins era, but what people tell me about the Bob Huggins era at UC and how like they were physical on defense and they play and they rebounded and then like they had a great offense as well and they shot the ball well and they rebounded and then like you know with the big men as well how crucial they were um i wouldn't say houston has has any stars like right now maybe i'm like completely off and someone will clip that and i'll get uh, roasted (laughs) to hell for that Um, oh god but I mean, you know, uh, but still like that team is just, man, they, they are what Bearcat basketball, what I want Bearcat basketball to be. They're tough, physical, able to score, but also like play great defense and rebound well. Mm -hmm. Um, And Justin, (laughs) the the scoring margin for two of our games against Houston in 2020 was uh, like what they were both 40 point losses, correct? Um, At least one of them uh,
0: was, yeah, if not both.
1: Last year, they got a little bit closer. It was only a 13-point loss in the conference tournament, but uh, I think both lost, both games were about 20 points, um, if mm. I remember correctly. Um, and they played a little bit closer um, in both of them, but obviously Houston was the better team. But now with all this uncertainty around the program and, you know, you kind of get – like I, I think people will be watching the Bengals game on Sunday, um, but <laughs> – you know, with with that national spotlight, playing a number two team. Uh, by the way, AAC, what are we doing with the schedule? Like playing, playing, uh, playing games on the same day that, like, you know, week seven, week eighteen of the NFL. Like, this I mean, is the you
0: know, only time know. they have for it because the AAC this, just is
1: what the yeah, AAC like, is. <laughs> it's, it's, anyway, um, this would be a big measuring stick for us because we're going to enter the the conference that we're going to with Houston who would probably be one of the top five teams right now. By the way, Big 12 is insane in basketball. All the teams are like above 50 in the net rankings right now, and all, all of them are projected to be in the tournament as we speak right now. Yeah. It's just like we are entering into a bear pit next year, ladies and gentlemen. Like it's going to be rough. And this that's why I really was hoping for a better season this year because, like, I don't know. We, we this this it should be better, it should be a lot better. Um, and if if we want to show improvement before we go into that bear pit next year, you could, could have really shown that this year by winning some of these games that we've not done so well in over the past. And like the Tulane game was a nice start, but man, like losing that temple game, like I'm rethinking a lot of things, Justin.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's this this is just the curse of being a Bearcats fan, too. I think it's just this constant like yeah it's the it's the cycle you know you see you always see like the circles of suck where it's you 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 get hopeful you get sad you get you know down on your luck you start get back there and then you know you are here <laughs> and it's just you know. this is this is par for the course since what 2017 let's be honest like 2017 2018 like this is this is what this program has just constantly been in cycle of, of just yep. waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that payoff. And just that moment, that, that sigh of relief. And we just never have it. And I wondered too, like I was thinking about this too, is just with Wes being a new coach, you know, say you have a guy, like I, I'm trying to think, here's the guy. Uh, say you have a guy like Rick Patino, Okay. Let's just say like, you know, you've got a guy who has a ton of experience, clearly a proven winner, clearly knows how to coach, does all that. All of that's there to show for, and you hire a guy like that. You bring him into your program and you have the same results as you have now. Are you just as angry? Yes. Is it more or less frustrating? I think Wes is a more frustrating thing because, of his age and because of his ceiling, because we all see that potential. And then we see games like this and we're not, we can't, it's harder to explain it away when it's like, I guess it's easier to explain it away, but it's always just that constant. Like, what if we won that game? What if we got just a little bit further? Like, shouldn't he be here by now? Shouldn't we be winning this game by now? Versus like you have an old coach. who's just like, all right, you know, just chalk it up. You lost like, I think yeah. Wes just has this way of it. We talked about this so much last year about, I haven't watched as many press conferences this year, but like so many times last year, he's just explained it away with, we weren't prepared. Well, fucking hell, man. Yeah. Tell us when, what games are you going to prepare for? And then tell us that. And we will see whether or not you were prepared. Like it's, yeah. it's one of these things that just, it feels like it's a constant cycle. man.
1: Well, And it also, it just feels like too, you know, after the Brandon era and we're two years into the West era, uh, it just feels like there's apathy setting in around this program. And like, it just, I can't like, maybe I'm being complete Debbie Downer on stuff. And we were all just talking about last Thursday, how excited we were, but you know, like Bearcats basketball just isn't moving the needle as much as it did. And I think football has really helped with that. How, like, how much the the team has risen and, you know, like, I I don't want to, have that be a balancing beam i want both to be good all the time um and right and it's just or a seesaw i mean and not balancing beam. Bouncing beam stays flat a seesaw oh, I, I knew what you mean <laughs> but uh, it's just uh, that might be a good meme one day justin and you just like come up with like the the, the <laughs> football basketball seesaw of, of uc but yeah um you know it, i i do think like a good year for west would have helped you know make people believe and obviously he's recruiting well and we're in on a lot more recruits than I think we ever have been at least a lot of higher level recruits. And um, you know, it, it, it speaks to him too that he was able to get like Landers Nolly in this year. And like, you know, if he can get more guys like that out of the transfer portal, that's great. Um It's just like the results just aren't there just on the court yet. And I, again, it's year two uh, took over like a burning tire fire uh, from John Brandon, but it just, just frustrating right now man i didn't, like i i think i speak as someone who you know loves cincinnati football don't get me wrong i love uc football but at a heart at heart i my bearcat fandom started when i was bat, like a young kid going to the basketball games you mm-hmm. know and cheering on like those those teams and i think a, a part of me still and like you know i think our buddy donnie would agree i think you would agree justin that like no matter how much football success we have, there's still a part in us that aches and yearns for bear cap basketball to just be like consistently good. And which is why we mm-hmm. loved 2017 18 so much because like it, it, we felt like it was there. It was, it was the
0: payoff. Yeah. It was the payoff. Last year was the payoff for football. Like it's all these years of just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like finally, it's just like something like all these. All these moments that I all this all this time that I've spent on this team mentally, physically, the money that I've spent on it, all of this kind of stuff just materializes and says like it was worth it. And yep. then it's just ah! kamikaze like just straight after and it's not really like that let's be honest like you look at football you look at basketball like we could be in much worse shape and again we have these conversations a lot and i think you and i as much of the bearcats fan base is as well we are very much prisoners of the moment
1: we are oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Somehow is, I careen myself yeah. into like the the ground every time when yeah. we come into this podcast. I promise I'm a positive guy. I'm like a <laughs> nice uh, I try to be a nice guy. I try to be positive, upbeat. But somehow every time we end up talking about the Bearcats, I just go all the way down like into the beast tunnel, like with how deep, <laughs> uh, like how bad I feel about like whatever team we're talking about so i think i probably did the same shit last year too when the bearcats were like 13 and 0 and you know going back to the playoffs i will say
0: playoffs. this much is i know that we definitely did not because i remember most of our episodes were screaming as like how the hell is this happening <laughs> like, but like <laughs> and it's but again it's just one of these things that like you know maybe maybe we're at a point of greediness i don't know like this is just one of those things where like every fan base suffers this, I think to a degree, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I will say this much having seasons like last year for basketball, having seasons like this year for football, having seasons like this year for basketball, these kind of things have payoffs. Again, these kind of things have those moments. They have those,